This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, you're going to be in 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to get there in just a second. I'm going to read one verse before I get there. But today, we, we all battle things within our lives. And here's the, the question I want to open up with today. Who can tell you no? Can, can you tell yourself no? And so, as human beings, everything goes downhill when we get to a place in our life where we accommodate instead of eradicate. And the word accommodate means we supply, we give in, but the word eradicate means to obliterate. Or obliterate. And so again, I got to get to a place where I, I got to say no to myself. And so every one of us in this room, we have this enemy within every one of us called self-gratification. The God of me. Me, me, me. I want it now. And I'm going to get it now. Now, where this first verse is, it's the end of Judges chapter 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 25. And the Israelites were having a mess in their life. Things weren't going right. And so it says this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now, if we all start doing what's right in our own lives, you're talking about a royal mess. So literally, they became their own authority. They became their final authority. They lived by their own opinions. And I'm going to tell you, when I begin to live with that, you might as well get ready. It's going to get bad real quick. Now, this morning here, we're going to go on the, the wilderness road again. And I'm going to give you some insight. And part of the insight today is my weapons that I got to learn to get a hold of in the wilderness is the truth, which is the Word of God, my standards, my morals, and my convictions that all come from God and from the Word of God. So if I don't live my life based on the Word of God, man, this enemy within me, it's going to go crazy. Not going to be good. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Allow the Word of God to teach you. Remember in John 8, it says, only the truth will set you free. The Word of God within itself has the ability to set me free. It has the ability to correct me. It has the ability to correct me. Why do I highlight that? Because the Word of God is going to correct us today, okay? We begin, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. All things are lawful or permissible. For me. But all things are not helpful or profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be uh, brought under the power of any, or I will not be under the power of anything. So he's telling me again here, even though it may seem okay, doesn't mean it's okay. Listen to this, and I'm going to read several passages this morning in the message. Verse 12 in the message says, Just because something is technically legal, it doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I would be a slave to my own whims. Wow. Woohoo! So what are you a slave to today? Verse 13. Foods for stomach 
and stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Listen to the message in this. You know the old saying, first you eat to live and then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food. Ow, that hurt. One translation says this, that when I give in to food or beverage, it's the slow motion of suicide. I can eat whatever. Yeah, you can. You can eat whatever you want. But here's the question. Is there anything in your life pertaining to food or beverage that dominates you? How many of you have ever said this? My day's a wreck unless I get a cup of coffee in me. I'm, I'm not the same without a Snickers in me. <laughs> I can't do this or that without... And so the truth is, if I'm not careful, every one of us can be dominated by a thing called food. And that's an enemy within me that says, I want it, I want it, I want it. And not only do I want it, I want it now. And I go back and look what he says. It may not be that bad of a thing until something that God created to be a blessing becomes a habit and I become a slave to it. That I can't function without it. Keep reading. Now watch where he goes here. This is the Apostle Paul. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. The message says this. Or indulging it with sex, since the master honors you with the body, honor him with your body. So he gets over and uses the word indulging. And when I look at this, whether it was food or the sexual temptation, those are things that gratify my flesh. Those are things that dominate my flesh. Now, I, I can highlight a couple verses just real quick that I believe will speak to every one of us. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee youthful lusts. Why are we warned to flee youthful lusts? Because the things that I don't flee from in my teenage years will follow me all the days of my life. Better stated, if I open the door to things in my teenage years, I'm going to have to battle them all the years of my life. Now, I didn't know that scripture. But anything I crack the door to in my teenage years, you're going to have to battle it. And so you young ones, flee, run from, shun, get away from these things. Why? Because they have the tendency to dominate me in a way that God doesn't desire. Verse 14. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Now I want you to hang on to that right there, okay? How will God raise us up? By his power. He didn't say by our power. He didn't say, uh, get a little more willpower. Just muster some more willpower. No, he said, I'm going to raise you up with my power, speaking of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe part of this journey on the wilderness is here is God's not going to move me out of those areas until I get to the place in my life where I allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in me. That I begin to trust him. Verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ 
and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Verse 16, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Now, you know what I believe Paul is telling us here? No matter what is acceptable or popular in society or culture, doesn't mean God's okay with it. Doesn't mean God's getting up there and saying, well, because you got away with it, it's okay. Again, it goes back. I've got to live by the word of God. I've got to live by the standards of the word of God. Again, I, I don't do you any favor by not preaching to the word of God to you. I don't do you any favor by making you think it's okay to compromise. Again, i got to stay with the Word of God, and i got to look what he tells me here. Verse 19, now watch this. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is a sacred place. Who the Holy Spirit is in you, whom you have for God. Now watch this last statement. And you are not your own. Wow. Yes, I am. I'm my own. Not according to this passage. When Jesus comes in you, you become property of his. Verse 20. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Listen to what the message says on that. So let people see God in you and through your body. And so what I begin to have to look at here is I've got I've to be very careful that I don't underestimate or enjoy the things that God has blessed me with and I allow them to begin to control me, where they begin to dominate me. And I'm talking about the appetites of the flesh. Now, recently, and, and I said this earlier, I don't know why God allows me to have great adventures when I go to Walmart, but he does. So just recently, I'm in Walmart, and a couple aisles over is these blood-curdling screams that are coming from this kid. I mean, loud, loud. And I'm thinking, man, did he, did he cut his finger off? What is going on? It's bad. I mean, people are looking around like, so as I make my way around the corner, I see the little fella, five or six. And this little fella didn't cut his finger off. This little fella is having a temper tantrum, throwing fit exhibition, screaming and yelling. And you know what it was about? He wasn't getting his way. And what he wanted, he wanted now. Now as adults, we may not show it outwardly. We may be real cool and calm and collected outwardly. But on the inside, your flesh is kicking, it's bucking, it's pouting, it's saying, I want it now, now, now. And so when we look at this right here, there's an enemy within every one of us called myself. And this is what he's getting over with. Turn with me to the, the book of Galatians chapter 5. 
And as you're turning to Galatians chapter 5, the enemy within us is me. But the Greek word is a word called sarx. The word sarx is, is spelled S-A-R-X. And the word sarx literally means my flesh. And the word sarx is referenced in the New Testament alone 150 times. And so every one of us, we get to deal with this thing called my flesh. And I'm either going to begin to deal with it my way or God's way. Philipp, or Romans 14, 13 says, don't live in such a way that you would cause other people to stumble or fall. So is God wanting to get me in a position in my life where I'm not so dominated by my flesh that I would hurt people because of my actions, because of my lifestyle? Now get ready here in Galatians 5 because I'm going to tell you, the word of God gets really good here. We begin in verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts. Let the Holy Spirit guide you, and you won't be dominated by your sinful nature. And this is a choice here. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit... And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. So what he's telling us here. Day after day after day with every one of us. There's a tug of war going on. Between my flesh. And between my spirit. And guess which one wins. The one I feed the most. And so when you see what he's talking about here, my flesh and the spirit, they're diametrically opposed. And one's going to win. Keep reading with me, verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. So what Paul's getting ready to do here. He's getting ready to give us an inventory of a list of the Sark's behaviors that try to come after every one of us. And not only do they try to come after us, they try to dominate us. Now, I'm going to read this list, okay? And you can do a check mark by the ones that you think, yep, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm dominated by these areas. So we begin. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lewdness, the sexual sins. Am I dominated by any of those? We live in a society that it's pretty easy for these to grip me. Verse 20, idolatry and sorcery, witchcraft. Now the next nine... Are sins of anger, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, me, 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 dissensions, heresies, 
envy, murder, and the last two are the sins of drunkenness and revelries. And he says this, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh Uh-oh. And you know what people will say? But I'm born again. But isn't it interesting? I believe these are all written to people that are born again. Because people who don't know Jesus, that's what sinners do. They willfully sin. But in this situation, he's telling us don't go in that direction. So what I begin to find out in this life, when you give your heart to Jesus and you get born again, these appetites of my flesh, they don't just mysteriously disappear. They don't just evaporate. I wish they did. I wish the things that used to dominate me were gone instantly. But man, I've got to look at what he begins to tell me here about what do I do with this enemy called my flesh? Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit that comes only by the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The only way they're going to come into your life is by the Holy Spirit. So when we have this thought, I can do it with self-renovation, you're not going to do it by yourself. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit. What happens is when I try to change me, I do good for about a day or two, maybe for a weekend. And then you know what happens? Uh Uh-oh, here we go again. But when I begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move in me, and remember he said in the first passage we read, he's going to raise you up by his spirit, by his power. So again, something happens when I begin to ask, oh, Holy Spirit, move within me. I I welcome the fruit of the Spirit. And I love the last one that's mentioned is self-control. How many of you need a dose of self-control? I'm going to raise my hands. I I need a double portion of self-control. Well, pastor, I'm good. I don't need any self-control. I only go to Starbucks 22 times a week, and so I don't need... I'm good. I'm good. You're not good. You're dominated by that thing called coffee. And so, again, I I can be dominated by... I can be dominated by TV. and, And when I don't have those things, man, my flesh begins to pout and my act up. Now, listen what else he says here. Verse 24, and those who are Christ, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he wrote this to believers. Those who are Christ, I, I'm a Christ, this is me, have crucified the flesh. You know what you see when you crucify the flesh? That means your flesh is going to have to die. They crucify the flesh with its passions and with its desires. So guess what he's telling me? Man, if I'm of Christ, everything that's connected to me, it's got to die. It's got to move out. But this thing called my flesh, it wants space. It wants residence within me. And so it's a day-by-day-by-day battle. It's a day-by-day fight. Now go with me to the book of Romans chapter 6. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a couple little little nuggets, four of them. And so we're going to hit scripture to give these to you. That will begin to help every one of us. Romans chapter 6. 
Turn to Romans 6, and as you're going there, I'm, I'm going to show you how God works within my brain at times. And this, this may be shocking to you or may say, it's interesting. So twice in the last couple months, I've been in situations where I was driving a vehicle, and I'm in areas where I see this sign. You know what the sign says? It says, runaway truck ramp. Runaway truck ramp. Well, what does that mean? That means the driver of that truck has lost control. That means no good, no way, no. Bad. But maybe in the church we ought to have a sign that says, Runaway flesh ramp. And you know what that means? I've lost control. I'm out of control. The things of this flesh that begin to try to dominate me. And what I found out about this thing called life, God doesn't want to work with my flesh. God wants to kill it. Colossians 3, 5, for you who are taking notes. And so what I found out that anytime I start thinking, you know what, I don't need God in, in my life in this area. I'm good, I got it. This old flesh, it tries to resurrect. It tries to come back alive. And before long, I become dominated. And I use the, the term of coffee because that's an area every year to start the year when we begin to fast. I tell you, that stuff ain't gets a grip on me. And so for about 30 days, I'll say, uh-uh. Uh-uh, 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 no more, no more. Now, I did better this year than I've done before when I went back to drinking coffee for quite a period of time. All I drank was decaf. You know why I said, this flesh, you're, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work in me. And so, again, he's teaching us an area in my life there where I say, Holy Spirit, discipline me with self-control. Now, watch the teachings here, Romans chapter 6. Verse 18, two verses, verses 18 and 19. And having been set free from sin, instead of being a slave of sin, you've become slaves of righteousness. You've become servants of righteousness. You exchange being a servant of sin, and I'm a servant of righteousness today. And I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. That word flesh there is the word sarks right now. And the weakness of my flesh, it talks about my natural limitations. And he says, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness or wickedness, which leads to more wickedness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness, of right being and right doing. Now that only happens through Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, I am the righteousness because of Jesus in me. So again, i, I got to start looking to Jesus. Man, work within me, Lord Jesus. But why does he want us to be slaves of righteousness? For holiness. For holiness. What does the word holiness mean? It means to be sanctified. It means to be set apart. In 1 Peter, it says this. He who is holy has called you to be holy. And the way holiness is shown in my life is in my behaviors and my manners of living. 
So again, sometimes we think, Father God, I've got this calling. I've got this dream. Why isn't this happening? Because it could be God wants to sanctify you in holiness. He wants to get you to a place where, where you serve him, not only with your mouth, but in your conduct. Where people look and say, there's a difference in him. It's not a good thing when you confess Jesus, but you act like the world. You know what people call that? You're a hypocrite. And the worst things humans can do with them acknowledge him with their mouth and deny him in their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world finds crazy. Turn with me. Romans chapter 8. Again, I said, let the the word correct you. Let it teach you today. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, therefore, brethren, who's the brethren? That's us. We're the born again. We're the brethren. We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to my flesh, a life that's ruled by the standards or the dictates of my flesh, But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Brethren, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit of God. Not by how strong I am, not by my will. Not by, I'm going to tell you right now, anytime I've tried to whip the things of my flesh by me, it doesn't work very good. But when I invite the Holy Spirit to come in and say, Holy Spirit, do a work within me. Do a work. And I'm not talking about once in a blue moon. Man, what a prayer day by day. Go to work in me, Holy Spirit. Go, go to work in me. That you grace me, that you give me that self-control to put to death the deeds of my body. Turn with me to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. Wow. What a a passage of scripture. And it's quiet in here. I don't know if you guys are thinking or you're that convicted. One of the two. You know what I love about the word of God? It reads the same for every one of us. Pastor, you got all this figured out. Oh no. The Lord is whacking on me every day still. Let me ask you a question as I say that. How many of you are farther along right now than you were a year ago? See, again, we we have the thought a lot of times that this is all going to end just like this, just like this. But think about this in terms of a newborn child. I mean, when a child is born and he's a day, a week old, you can look at him and then a month later, man, his features begin to change already. And then he he becomes a little boy. And we begin to see the the process of how God created humans year after year after year after year. I mean, I come in here right now. We had a a young man in the first service. And I looked and I looked up at him like this. And I thought, what happened? I used to look down at you. Now I got to look up at you. That didn't happen overnight. And so I highlight this. That man, as long as we're making progress, as long as you keep... Keep turning to the things of God. God will move you. He'll mold you. He'll transform you. He'll conform you into his likeness and his image. Just stay with the things of God. Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray, 
lest you enter or fall into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The sarks is weak. Now, as you look at this right here, and the Holy Spirit's willing. He's ready to go. And, and just as you receive the Lord Jesus as Lord and receive the Holy Spirit, welcome him. Lord Jesus, I welcome you to my Holy Spirit. I, I welcome you. Because if you highlight this here, man, my, my flesh is weak. My flesh pouts when it doesn't get its own way. It throws a tincture tantrum. One last scripture. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew 16. Again, something happens when I ask God to move. Grace me today, Father God. Grace me against these appetites of my flesh. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples... If you're born again, you're a disciple of Christ. So it'd be like us sitting around the campfire with the Lord Jesus. And then Jesus said to us, If anyone desires to come after me, what's your desire today? Do you desire to come after him? See, I've lived my way on the sin side. I saw where that would got me. I I saw the wages of sin as death. I I saw the results of living without Jesus. How many in here have seen the results of not living with Jesus? And I've seen that. I've been down that road, and I'm like, man, I I do not want to go back that way again. So those who desire to come after me or follow me, let him deny himself. Now, can you imagine Jesus sitting right here and looking at us and saying, if you really desire to come out, you're going to have to deny yourself. And so now, you know what he's telling us? He's saying, look on the inside, look in your heart. What are the areas of your life that need to be denied? But he doesn't set us up to say, you got to do that in, in yourself, your own power. But if you don't hate what you're doing, it's difficult. And so he's saying, deny himself. And take up his cross. I'm going to have to do some dying again. I'm going to have to die to my flesh. I'm going to have to die to that sinful nature. And follow me. And, and follow me. Conform to Jesus. The Amplified says to cleave steadily to me. To conform to holy, uh, to holiness. My example and living and if need be in my dying. And so it always points back to Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus paid a huge price. And so as I look at all this today, let me ask you. Do you see areas of the inside of you where you're dominated by me? Me, 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 me. The God of me. But remember, i got to deny myself. Oh, Lord, I ask you to help me. Holy Spirit, come in. I ask you to grace me today with self-control.
I, I ask you to grace me today to, to walk out the things of the kingdom of heaven. And if I go back to the inventory, the list of the sarks that we've read, man, I got to go to the Lord and I got to stand before him. And I, I renounce sin. And what I mean by renouncing, I repent of that, that I become a human being that says, you know what? I take full responsibility for my actions and my choices. That's what repentance is. That you stand before God and you say, I did this. I did this willingly and freely. Here's what human nature does a lot of times. Well, I know I've done some bad things. But I hadn't done as nearly bad things as Sammy has. Now, when I allow the bar to be another human being... Oh, you're cheating yourself, okay? Again, I, I shouldn't compare that to him because you know what? The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory, every one of us. So the bar should be, what did Jesus say? Well, you know, I had a teacher in college that said, well, on the teacher in college. That's in the Greek. Yes. See, again, the standard's got to be the word of God. Anytime I get away from the word of God, I'm going to compromise. Human nature is to compromise. So even young ones, if I allow you to get away with something in your teenage year, I'm setting you to fail later on in life. But when we begin to hold you accountable at this age, you'll begin to go in this area in your life and say, this is what pleases God. We don't do anybody any good by saying it's okay to compromise. The word of God doesn't cut any corners. The Word of God punches me right in the face. And I don't know about you, the older I get, the more I love it. I say, yeah. You know, I had a guy, first service, who walked by me before I preached. And you know what he said to me? Sock it to us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for the permission. But it's not me that's going to do it. It's the Word of God. It's not me, okay? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Yeah, I applaud the word of God. Why don't you stand to your feet here? So I highlight this. As long as I'm on this earth, I, I, I live in this earth body, okay? This is what I call this thing. First um, Thessalonians 5.23 says, Man is spirit, soul, and body. I have a body, which is my earth suit. My mind is made up of my will, my mind and my emotions. And then I have a spirit, a soul, the real me that's going to live forever. The day will come when I won't be in this earth suit any longer. But as long as I'm here on this earth, you're going to have this, okay? See, I, I know every one of us have one of these because if I pinch Sammy, I'd get a reaction. That's your earth suit. That's what happens. And so again, something's got to happen on me where I begin to lean to the, the real me, the heart. Where I say, you know what? This old man, this old flesh, you're not, you're not going to dominate me no more. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to dominate me. You know, I had a guy who told me one Sunday, this was recently, he said, Pastor, it seems like every time I open my mouth, I lie. He said, I'm, I'm a habitual liar. And I thought, well, I applaud your honesty. But again, I, I know God will set you free. I know the Holy Spirit will begin to work in me. And so again, it, it's not, well, I don't lie. 
Well, you cheat. Well, I don't cheat. But again, what begins to happen within every one of us? We got this enemy called me on the inside. And so today, and something happens when I respond to God and say, man, Lord, I'm, I'm coming today. I'm, I'm coming to these altars and I'm, I'm coming before you and I'm, I'm welcome your grace. I'm, I'm welcome the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm welcome today, Lord, an anointing that convicts me to say, Father God, I'm wrong. I've sinned in this area. I've broken those commandments. And the only way I get forgiven is I've got to confess those sins. But God says in 1 John 1, 9 that when you confess your sin, not only will He forgive you, He'll cleanse you. He'll move you. So, ooh, what a day. We get the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm responding to you. I'm coming. I, I welcome the Holy Spirit. And I welcome your grace. Today. Go ahead and sing, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.